0: Good evening everyone, my name is Simon Barrett and this is another edition of Journey into Justice a a look at um, uh, what's happening in the legal world Um, sometimes we look back, sometimes we look forward and as always I'm joined by my very good friend, attorney, and author, Mark Bello. Mark, great to uh, have you on the program.
1: Thank you, Simon. As always, it's great to be here.
0: All right. Lots
1: to talk about tonight.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now... Um, We've heard a lot about uh, death by cop, but it's usually suicide by cop. You know, you you go shoot up a synagogue um, or or a shopping mall, and inevitably you end up dead. However, there's another uh, version of... uh, you know, death by cop. And that's when the uh, cop uh, guns you down for absolutely no good reason. Um, I I, I thought it was particularly timely to have this discussion because um, Mark is about to... uh, release his latest book. Um and, and we'll get into that later. But it's absolutely on this subject. So Mark, um there there was a a twenty eight year old uh, lady that lost her life in Fort Worth. Uh Tatiana, something or other. Um, cop,
1: her name is Tatiana Jefferson.
0: Right. Um. You know, cop. Uh, the the police get called. I think this is the correct story. Um. By a neighbour because her door was open. And it was 2.30 a.m. So the the cops turn up. It it wasn't a 911 call. Um, It it was a welfare check. You know, I just want to make sure my neighbor's okay. And um, the cop turns up a couple of minutes later. Um, skillfully avoids the open door, you know, and you know, just saying, Hello, I, I'm a policeman, I'm just making sure everything's okay. You know, it, instead, he um, goes round the back, uh, um, looks through the bedroom window, and says, Put your hands up. Uh, and um 2 seconds later shoots the woman um i i don't think that's uh you know a, a sign of really good training you know or um uh, well I, I i just don't like it so tell me what what do you make
1: of it? Well, uh, I I make of it the same way you do. Uh, um, I don't like it. Is is a is a, uh, an understatement uh, for how I feel? Um, as you indicated, uh, at least from the reports that I've heard, and basically. Reports that have been confirmed by the Fort Worth Police Department, especially, I don't know if you've you've read or heard any of the reports today, but uh, the officer, whose name is Aaron Dean, uh, has resigned. Had he not resigned, according to the police chief, he would have been fired for several different policy violations, including the department's use of force and force de-escalation policies and also for unprofessional conduct. Uh, he was dishonorably discharged from the force, and he will most likely face criminal charges, both, I think, uh, federal civil rights violations and uh, a state charge as well. Uh, I'm not sure all of our listeners understand when we talk about state and federal charges, what that means specifically. If you kill somebody, um, obviously you've murdered somebody, and um, the state, in this case Texas, can prosecute you under state law and bring charges under state law. At the same time, if they choose to, the federal government, the United States government, can also bring charges. And if you're looking at a situation where there's a white cop and a black citizen, as you, are, as you have here, Uh, Those charges can be also uh, what we call a hate crime or a civil rights violation. So uh, this particular police officer faces both federal or United States charges as well as state charges in his own state of Texas. Um, The mayor today came out and said, there is nothing that can justify what happened. That's a direct quote from Mayor Betsy Price of Fort Worth, Texas. She said, I'm so sorry. And on behalf of the entire city of Fort Worth, she apologized to Tatiana's family and said that this was unacceptable and promised a full investigation as did the uh, police chief. The neighbor Uh, a middle-aged black man basically said he was worried because he knew she was at home and he knew she was with her nephew and he saw the door open. Uh, he's basically, um, sorry, for lack of a better way to say it, that he decided to call the police, um, but as you as you indicated, the officer goes to the door, sees that it's open. Essentially, walks to the perimeter instead of knocking on the door and saying, "Is everything okay in there?" Uh, goes around to a window, sees her, uh, sees a Tatiana in the room, tells her to raise her hands, and two seconds later, he shoots her uh, without giving her any time to raise her hands. Um, They released a video, and I thought thought what would happen when they released the video, because it was very heavily redacted, I thought it was going to be the same old, same old, where they circle the wagons and lie, cheat, and steal to protect the police officer, but they didn't do that. They uh, refreshingly... uh, heavily criticized this officer's behavior. Um, And even though the officer claims he has, he perceived a threat. um, Again, to to your point, the woman was playing with her eight-year-old nephew in her own home. So this is, this is, this is the, Cop on black shooting of all cop on black shootings. As far as I'm concerned, um, uh, it, it, it's it's incredible. Interestingly, I I don't know if you know if you know this or not, but um, the family has hired an attorney, and it's the same attorney that represents the family of Botham Jean. If that name doesn't ring a bell with you. Botham Jean is the unarmed black man who was killed by the off-duty female Dallas police officer who we talked about last week. Um, and her case went to trial and she was convicted and is going to serve 10 years in prison for shooting Botham Jean. Um, so you now have two incidents. You now have two incidents. The black community has been up in arm for years about how the law enforcement and political establishment is ignoring uh, cops killing young black men predominantly. This, uh, this to my knowledge, is the first woman, um, without consequence. Uh, Here we have two incidents in a row where, where, in this case, the Police officer was immediately fired and will most likely face criminal charges. And in the incident before that, uh, you have a cop who was convicted. There's been some criticism of the amount of time she's going to serve, but she was convicted and she's going to serve 10 years for murder. So uh, perhaps the tide is turning a bit.
0: I I want to read a a, a headline to you. Um, it, it, it's from Slate, so uh, you know, take it for what it is. Um, but yes. Slate's take on the uh, subject was: a white Texas cop killed a black woman inside her own home because her. Door was open. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I think it's a a poorly uh, crafted headline, but uh, you know, it, it it is what it is, and uh, it it doesn't tell me lies, but I, I'm not sure it, uh, it. It is the headline I'd have used what do you think
1: well you know i'd like to say that um, i like to i like to argue both sides of a situation i like to at least try to get into the head of what was going on that prompted the situation and the only thing i can think of here is that the officer perhaps was in a heightened state of awareness because he was called to the scene, but I mean we've all if you're if you're my age and I'm in my sixties uh I recall uh in my neighborhood uh even today um you know you can drive through the neighborhood and see an open door. It doesn't mean mischief is going on um I would hate to think that because my door's open an officer's going to walk into my house and shoot me. I I just can't see any justification for this. Knock on the door. Is everybody okay in there? You would have heard, "Yes, who is it?" or something to that effect. Um, <laughs> I just I, I I I'm I'm not I'm not laughing. Uh, I'm shrugging. I'm shaking my head in disbelief. I just, I I just, even though he was called to the scene, even though the neighbor said, this doesn't seem kosher to me. um, I don't think your first inclination as a police officer is to pull out your gun and shoot somebody. They have to be doing something that appears to be criminal. And I, I have not heard a single report. I suppose we'll, call, we'll, um, I suppose we'll uh, hear from the officer at some point. By the way, uh, uh, the neighbor didn't call 911. He didn't call an emergency line. He called a non-emergency line. And he right. just left the doors open. And she's at home with her neighbor. I wonder why the door's open.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, James Smith is his name. Uh, and you, you're right. Non-emergency number. And um, the the deal was do a welfare check. You know, just make sure nothing bad is happening. Uh, yep. <laughs> which makes this... All the more bizarre um
1: the the- per, the first thing you heard when when they reported this was that they found a firearm in her house, in her home, and that's what when I thought okay they're going to do a you know a, the trail in black the the book you mentioned um, right. is kind of is kind of loosely based. As you know, I typically write fiction based on fact. And the case I used um, as the example for Betrayal in Black was um, the Felipe Castillo case. And I don't know if you recall that case. Uh, It happened in Minnesota in 2016. And Mr. Castillo was driving... Through town with his girlfriend and a four year old child, and he was pulled over by the police for, because he resembled according to the cop a robber suspect right. so i I'm aware simon that you that you're either in the process of reading my new book or you've read my new book. So I think based on what I just said, uh, if you've read any any number of pages in my book, you will see immediately the similarities between the book and the event.
0: Um, oh, absolutely.
1: Mr. Castillo, uh, like Tatiana, was not holding a gun, was not pointing it at the officer, was legally authorized to carry one and volunteered to the officer that he had a carry permit and was carrying a gun. At the same time, the officer asked him to produce um, driver's license and registration. And as he reached for the documents, um, the cop essentially suggest that he was reaching for the gun and shot him seven times. Seven times. Don't reach for it after telling him to produce a license and registration. In the Castile case, the cop was charged and um, acquitted of um i think it was manslaughter charges uh in this case i don't think that's going to happen i i i um but i i i see similarities between these cases because what happened in castillo is they effectively got the jury to find him innocent based on his fear Uh, of a firearm and when i heard that the police in tatiana's case uh a statement that they found a firearm when they entered the room i said to myself here we go again and to their credit they didn't run that playbook they discredited the police officer They questioned his motives and his actions. They fired him, and now they're looking at pursuing criminal charges. So good for the Fort Worth police.
0: Oh, okay. Um, This goes back over 20 years. Um, O.J., well, I mean... Uh, Sure, you're probably thinking, what on earth has O.J. Simpson got to do with this? And I'm not sure Uh, he really does have a lot to do with it. But um, his ex-wife ended up dead, and uh, blood was everywhere, including on... OJ and OJ's white bronco I mean who can forget OJ's bronco um but you know even though um the preponderance of evidence are uh, against him you know any normal jury should have found him guilty. They they said nope, you know, not guilty, and off OJ uh, walked. Uh, a civil suit ensued, where um, I I don't know all of the legal uh, terminology, but uh, apparently it's a little bit easier to uh, uh, find guilt in a civil suit and, well, you, uh, used the
1: term, you, used, you used the term preponderance and okay. you're correct but you used it in the wrong setting preponderance, okay. Of, okay. The evidence, preponderance of the evidence is a civil standard Oh, okay. Reasonable reasonable doubt is the standard in in a criminal action. And the reason that the criminal standard is so much higher than the civil standard is because a person's freedom is at stake. If you're going to convict someone of a crime, you have to prove the crime. Um, in California, the police... Because for a variety of reasons, uh, falling in to some degree into a clever lawyer's trap, Johnny Cochran um, could not prove to the jury of OJ's peers that he was guilty of the crime. Civilly, the standard is you know fifty point one to forty nine point nine not ninety ten 5 so it's much easier to prove um wrongdoing in a civil uh, context than it is in a criminal and by the way that's that's a very interesting you mentioned that there's a parallel here and i don't think this is the parallel you're You were intending to draw, but I'm going to draw it, and then I'll let you draw your own. In all three cases, uh, Felipe Castile, um, O.J. Simpson, uh, and... um, what was the other case we were discussing? I I lost my train of thought, but there was a civil action and millions of dollars were paid to the victims by the perps in OJ's case, although he he has proven to be hard to collect from,
0: and by (laughs) the
1: police in the Castillo case, um, almost $4 million was paid to the Castillo family Um, and in most of these cases the civil action is where uh, the family receives their justice not typically in the criminal setting and that's to me the biggest similarity between the three cases I think there'll be a civil action in in both the um, uh, case last week, uh, Botham Jean, and this new case, Tatiana Jefferson, I think you'll see uh, r- relatively massive um, civil judgments or settlements in those in those cases. So you will see that all of the cases, the Castillo case I mentioned, the O.J. Simpson case you mentioned, and these two police shootings, and other police shootings like them, um, have resulted in substantial civil judgments, even if they don't result in a criminal prosecution or a, or a guilty verdict. I don't right. see how
0: I, I, I don't see I, how the officer
1: in this case can possibly avoid criminal prosecution.
0: I I know one of the uh lawyers uh I- involved with uh OJ um he, his mission was to uh find the money and collect it. And um uh, he he failed miserably.
1: that the hard that's been the hard part. That's been the hard part.
0: Right. Now, you know, uh, in the uh, other two cases, your uh, um, source of uh, money um, has nowhere to hide. Um, True. It, it yeah, it, it's well, way well, easier.
1: Well, they were also settled, not. Uh uh, the, the O.J. civil case was was a was a civil trial and a judgment by a jury that that uh, I forget I forget the attorney's name I can see him um, uh, who he did a he did a great job um, it'll come to me uh, getting a judgment but uh, they've had a, a, a hell of a time. Collecting it in the in the other cases, because the conduct uh, would have suggested perhaps even a higher potential jury verdict, and on the other side, every case has the possibility of failure, so settling the case for three million dollars for the family and eight hundred grand for the uh, girlfriend, who you you might recall that the, the girlfriend videoed the entire event, right? Uh, the Castile the Castile case. So um, there was a lot of fear that the judgment was going to be significant if they went to trial. Um, you know, there's there, a part of me says in that case, uh, if you compare Castile to Um, Tatiana's case uh, the Jefferson case um, if you compare the two I can at least see some level of concern by the officer what is he reaching for Uh, having said that he did so much else wrong like directing him to reach for something among other things positioning himself where he positioned himself pulling him over in the first place for looking like someone when he's got a a woman and a four-year-old kid in the car. I mean, there was so much else wrong done that this confusion about is he armed? Is he, what's he reaching for? Um, I make a big deal about that in the book about the inconsistent commands made to my fictional victim. Um, If an officer approaches you and asks you for something, you're supposed to comply. When you try to comply in the process of conversation, you mention that you have a gun on you. I don't think that's enough to justify him putting seven bullets in you. I don't think anybody no. in America feels uh, feels that way either. So, um, how about shooting the arm that was reaching for something instead of seven shots at her mass? Uh, there's just so much that he could have done to avoid this, and that's why the case intrigued me, and that's why I, I used it as a as kind of a subject. For Betrayal in Black. Now, Betrayal in Black is not the Castillo case. It's a it's a fictionalized account of a case like it, but it it right. has similar it has similar uh, facts and circumstances.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Betrayal in Black. I I haven't finished it. Um. I won't uh, ruin the one, ending for you. <laughs> right and not I, 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 also I, I won't give any spoilers. Um I I I think it's delightfully crafted. I really do. And um you you, you seem to have a knack for uh just saying the uh, right things at the right time, Um, there's a nuance that um, one of the reasons why the police and indeed everyone else has this uh, slightly who cares attitude because of the leadership coming from the president. And I, I have to admit that I just laughed. I, mean, I and I thought, oh, my, that this is exactly the, the situation we're in right now. Um, I, am I misunderstanding your uh, 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 your, your meaning?
1: Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's a secret that I'm not a fan of our current president. Uh, um, as I as I said when we discussed my second book, "Betrayal of Justice." Um, Betrayal of Justice was written during the presidential campaign of 2016. So the president, in Betrayal of Justice, was crafted after what I would call a caricature of what candidate Trump was saying on the campaign trail. So, for instance, The Trail of Justice, and I don't want to confuse people uh, book to book. I've written uh, four books, two more to come. The Trail of Justice is book number two. The Trail in Black is book number four. But in book two, a president gets elected on a platform of Make America Pure again and decides to ban all Muslims from the United States and build a wall on both the northern and the southern borders to keep out undesirables. Um, And he's clearly a bigot. Um, What that was at the time was an invitation to Donald Trump, to not be the president that the candidate suggested he would be. So, who he became was his choice, and I, and I get criticized for from from Trump supporters for writing a book about a, a, a president that so obviously mimics Trump, and my response is always. Trump mimicked my book. I didn't mimic Trump.
0: <laughs>
1: I, wrote, I wrote a book before he became president about a bigoted president, and he became that president. Whose fault is that? Mine or his? Um, so the point I'm making, Simon, is, uh, it, you, know, you know us lawyers, we, we take a long time to make a short point.
0: <laughs> but
1: but the point the point I'm trying to make is while some of what you're saying is true, you have to remember that the president in my books is President Ronald John who was a bigot in book two and a bigot in book three and a bigot in book four, and he'll be a bigot in book five um And he's a bad guy and a bad president, and he's not Donald Trump. So while what you're saying, in some respects, mirrors Charlottesville, let's say, or how Black Lives Matter feels about Donald Trump, betrayal in black really speaks to how this established presidential bigot handled this cop on black shooting so i i I want to push back a little bit on the comparison to trump in this book this book betrayal in black is referencing the president that has exhibited bigotry and hatred for minorities for three books now. It's not the same okay. guy.
0: Right. Okay. I I, 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 I give I'm, up.
1: I'm, unfortunately in real life, um President Trump keeps mimicking President John.
0: Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Let's put it let's put it yeah. that
1: let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> I, I hope
1: you're following what I'm saying, though, because I, I, you know I don't I don't take pleasure in living in a country where the where the president behaves the way he does, and the president I created was deliberately created to be a bad guy, so that people could see what the country might be like. If a bad guy became president, and here we are, having my books mimic in real in real time. uh, In real life, it's 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 really funny. It's uh, and I don't mean haha funny. I mean odd. They say that you know my books are fiction based on fact. That's true. I tend to uh, see an event, and it grinds me and I tend to write about it but my fictionalized account was based on fictional characters created in 2016 here we are in 2019 and all I'm doing is developing a, a character who had bad traits in 2016 and continues to exhibit them in 17 18 19 and 20 And unfortunately, in real life, President Trump has exhibited the same kinds of symptoms.
0: Let me me ask you a question. Um, Yep. Characters, you develop very, very big and bold characters – how do you uh, go about developing a character?
1: Um, <laughs> it depends on the character. <laughs> some of them are some. Some of them, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to say that Ronald John, uh, the president, wasn't created as a caricature of Donald Trump he was what I would say is he was he was developed as a caricature of Donald Trump the candidate not Donald Trump the president so if you take this blustering uh talk before you think uh say anything and get away with it um wealthy uh crass bigot. Um, It was pretty easy to craft a character based on that candidate. Um, Zachary Blake, the uh, hero lawyer, is crafted from 42 years of legal experience and a variety of legal personalities I've met along the way who have impressed me with their trial skills or their verbiage uh, or their ability to articulate an argument. Um, And I would say he's a compilation of attorneys I respect. Um, The other characters typically are... Clients and clients, for me, are are to some degree based on real clients I've represented. I represented a woman years ago whose children were molested by a priest, and I wrote my first novel, Betrayal of Faith, uh, and the female protagonist of Betrayal of Faith. And the woman who became later well I won't say it i i won't I won't ruin it for people, but uh the female protagonist um was the mother of the children and uh in in pursuing the case that betrayal of faith is based on, I met three mothers. Of children who had been molested by priests, one of the whom was my client, and Jennifer Tracy uh, is a compilation of those three women so um, i tend to I tend to draw my characters from real life uh the the um the exception would be Michael Love, the private investigator. Uh he, he's basically a television character. Um if you watch if you watch, you know, Magnum P. I, if you watch Cannon, if you watch uh Paul Drake and Perry Mason, um all of them uh, uh, some of them were very serious, some of them were kind of whimsical, and I, and while Michael Love has tremendous skills as a private investigator, uh, I kind of, I kind of, always liked the Magnum character, the 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 uh, the eyebrows um, going up and down, and 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 the shenanigans and playfulness that that Tom Selleck put into that role. And I would say, if I had to, if I had to pick who Michael Love was based on, it would be some, something like Tom Selleck as Magnum. Um, but no, but not so much because he doesn't. He was. He's not a good-looking man. He's portrayed as slovenly and bald, and um, uh, you might you might take Frank Cannon, if you remember him, uh, played by William Conrad. And uh, Micah would look more like Frank Cannon than he would that he would like uh, Thomas Magnum. So, so I I don't know. I uh, and and some of them are just inventions of my own mind. Um, but there's no there's no magic formula. A lot of it, a lot of it. I I can't speak for all authors. I you might ask some others. I, I I'd love to have a couple authors on our show, but but. Um, I'll work on that. Uh, uh, You might ask them how they do that, but a lot of it comes from starting a book. You're writing, and here comes um, a scene that calls for a new character, and suddenly your mind is either... Are harking back in time to think to think of somebody who is consistent with who you're trying to write about, or you're inventing an entirely different kind of person um, and circumstance that that person is now going through. So sometimes it just comes to me in the middle of writing.
0: I I um, read a, a a remarkable book. Couple of um, months ago, it, it was a, uh, a young adult a, a novel. Um, but what made it truly unique? What, what,
1: what's an old What's an old guy like you doing reading a young
0: adult novel? <laughs> well, I read lots of things. <laughs> what, what made it What made it truly unique was that uh it, it it was um an explanation of the book um uh I, you, you read a chapter and uh then you read um a few pages of what the chapter was about. And why the chapter was important. Um,
1: in, the, in the middle of the book.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd never seen such a thing. Um, a the the author uh-huh. actually, the author actually wants to use it uh, as a teaching tool. And. Mm-hmm. I I I I think it's just a great idea. I mean, you know, I, I read lots of books, and that there's not a book written that I don't have questions about. You know, no no story is complete, and. Actually, that's the reason I got into the uh, book reviewing business. I mean, I've got questions. How can I get them answered? I know. You (laughs) talk to the author. (laughs) It's a great idea.
1: (laughs) Sounds good to me.
0: Right. <laughs> the the the
1: um the only the only thing i would say is certainly an author has i don't know an interpretation in mind when he writes something but i i'm not arrogant enough to say my interpretation of my own work is the only interpretation that one can have. So I think what the what the side explanations do is pull the reader out of their own perhaps misconception about what something means and pulls them into what the author meant, which might be a perception that is not as astute or effective as the reader's interpretation is.
0: Hmm.
1: What I would do if I were writing what that author, or if I was implementing the author's strategy, I would be asking questions rather than making statements uh what do you think was so and so's motive for doing what he did um who was hiding in the bushes and why were they hiding there
0: um
1: rather than rather than saying rather than telling the reader one thing about books versus movies let's say is books can take you places that movies cannot. Right. You can you, you can't tell what Tom Cruise is thinking when he jumps off a building in Mission Impossible. But in a book <laughs> the author tells you what the the author tells you what he's thinking.
0: Why 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 did you become an author?
1: I thought I had a good story to tell. Uh, That case, The Betrayal of Faith, my first novel, based on the uh, two boys who were molested by the priest, uh, I thought was a compelling story that has not been told. Uh, We certainly know about the clergy abuse scandal. We certainly know that kids all over the world have been molested by Catholic priests. Um, But I don't think until my book came along that we've ever seen a story that tells you, the reader, how the legal system, not necessarily the criminal justice system, but the civil justice system handles a case like this. And in addition to that, even though it's a fictionalized account, what the church puts the plaintiff and the plaintiff lawyer through before they decide to settle the case or lose the case. Um, Now, betrayal of faith is a fictionalized account, and the characters, uh, you know, it's interesting. This gets back now to what you asked me before what what prompts a character uh and I I I want to talk about that for a second I don't know how much time we have but but this is very interesting because the trail of faith is exactly what I was talking about I'm handling this case and there's a massive cover up going on I'm okay. not getting the records I'm asked I'm asking for I'm getting uh, very um, broad answers rather than details. Facts and figures are being manipulated and uh, adversely lied about. There's a huge cover-up and stonewall going on. And I kept saying to myself, it's almost like the CIA is manipulating the case behind the scenes. And I don't know, Simon. If you, I think you did read *Betrayal of Faith*, right? Oh
0: yes, the first book.
1: <laughs> okay. Yep. So I created a I created a puppet, uh, 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 um, a puppeteer character in *Betrayal of Faith*. A character who I call the Voice. And the Voice is the leader of a organization within the church called the Coalition. And this is a clandestine organization within the church that handles these kinds of situations quietly and quickly by any means possible. So that character, fictional though he may be, that organization, probably fictional. Um, I mean, if you look at... uh, if you look at books like the Da Vinci Code or uh, um, uh, what's the second book that Dan Brown wrote, uh, but Opus um, Dei and, and, and groups like that, uh, there right. are secret groups within the Catholic Church. So it wasn't completely a stretch, but I invented this character and this organization. Uh, that is,
0: I got it. Angels and demons. <laughs> that That was his second book.
1: no that's the first book. oh you mean uh, angels and demons yes, right right, right
0: <laughs>
1: but my point- my point is that that um that character was invented from a feeling when I handled a case, it felt like that, so I created this. Uh, church CIA and this church CIA director who does nasty things to people to to keep them from talking. Completely fictional, I think, but but I was, but I was describing how it felt. (laughs) So that's a great, that's a great example of, of this character creation question you asked me, where does it come from? In that case, it came from just a feeling. Who's pulling the strings here?
0: Okay, I'm looking at... There's
1: all kinds of ways that that a character gets
0: developed. Right. I'm looking at the time, and um, I know that uh, our listeners want to find out Where they can buy your books and what are they? uh, What are the books? So take it away. My
1: book. My books are available on Amazon. Uh, They're going to be relaunched soon. Uh, I've I've re. uh, It. I I haven't rewritten them, but I I have edited them, and uh, let's say I've. Um, updated them. Um, But right now, they're available on Amazon. If uh, if I were you, despite the fact that I am costing myself maybe immediate sales, I would wait for the relaunch sometime early in November. Um, They'll be available on Amazon. They're also available through my website, Um, which is www.markmbello.com. There'll be some giveaways and prizes if you go to the website and give us your email address and become a subscriber. So I encourage that. Um, The... The uh, fourth book will be released uh, immediately following the relaunch of the first three, which are Betrayal of Faith, the case we talked about with the clergy abuse and the two boys and their mother pursuing a civil case against the church. Uh, It is not identified as the Catholic Church. Uh, It's just called the church. Uh, but the case that it is based on was based on a a clergy abuse situation that occurred in Michigan against the Catholic Church. Uh, The second book is called Betrayal of Justice, and that's the book we discussed earlier. It's about uh, the 2016 presidential election. Uh, A bigoted president by the name of Ronald John becomes – president of the United States, actually a bigoted candidate becomes president of the United States, and he uses uh, Zachary Blake, my hero lawyer, client, as an example of the Muslim scourge that he wants to remove from the country. And a criminal trial results. Zachary Blake is hired by the family of this young woman who was accused of murdering a white supremacist? And uh, it's a very interesting story about bigotry and bad uh, presidential politics in America today. Uh, book three is called Betrayal in Blue. It is the story of a uh, policeman who was betrayed by. A brother policeman in another town, as he chases uh, a white supremacist into the town and and uh, that uh, supremacist disappears and uh, the police officer is accused of his murder um, and it's basically a cop versus cop type story with uh, the Seeds that were planted in betrayal of justice white supremacy and uh, political um, bigotry filtered in to this this cop versus cop uh, small town trial um, that is that book three is centered on and there's a uh, Lot of um, of uh, twists and turns in the book that that uh, it, it's quite an intriguing novel. That's called Betrayal in Blue, and we've discussed the Cop on Black shooting uh, most of the day to day, and that book is Betrayal in Black, due out in the middle to the end of November. Uh, those are the four books. The uh, lawyer hero is Zachary Blake. The books are called the Zachary Blake Legal Thrillers. There will be an opportunity soon to buy all four of them as a package and save some money. So those of you who are uh, conscious of saving a buck, uh, you might want to buy the series rather than uh, the the books individually. So there's a tip for you to save you money.
0: Okay, Uh we are flat out of time. Uh Mark, I really want to thank you for uh, taking time out to uh, talk to us today. Uh I'm sure we'll be back next week, won't we?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. By the way all by right.
1: the way Simon, before we go, uh my deepest sympathies to the family of Tatiana of a Tatiana Jefferson. Um and and uh, I, I would I would extend the same sympathies and, and sorrows to um all victims of crime, especially uh uh, these kinds of senseless uh, deaths that occur uh, simply because this person is different than that person or has a, uh, um, a, a different character or a different ethnic makeup. Uh, Rodney King was, was right all those years ago when he said, can't we all get along? So, uh, my profound sympathies.
0: Okay. Um, This is Simon Barrett wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and safe week. We'll be back again uh, next week with another edition of Journey into Justice. Till then, goodbye.
1: Bye, everybody.